Hi guys and welcome back to my podcast. Thanks so much again for tuning in. This week I'm going to talk about, it's quite a controversial subject and it's something that I kind of put off discussing even though it really comes up in a lot of conversations whenever I talk about Marilyn and that is the subject of mental health and more importantly Marilyn's mental health and I just really didn't know how to go about it or who to talk to about it and then I came across this post by an account called um, an Instagram post by an account by Perfectly Marilyn Monroe. Um, she has thousands of followers, so you may be a follower of hers. Um, she's a girl called Alison, and there was a picture of Marilyn Monroe photographed by Richard Avedon um, in May '57, and it said this: "Some history and facts on her mental health. From as early as childhood, Marilyn dealt with severe depression and anxiety." This led to nervousness, illness, a stutter, suicidal thoughts and actions, and a dependency on barbiturates. Her family struggled with mental illness as well. Her grandmother, great-grandfather and mother triggered worry in her that it was hereditary. For most of her adult life, she feared being institutionalised like those in her family. She was prescribed and took medications for her depression, anxiety and insomnia. She often went to various doctors for new or more pills with the feeling that the pills she was already taking weren't helping her enough. She attempted to end her life a handful of times. In 1954, she told Ben Heck, when they restored me to life, I felt very angry for some time. I thought people who had no right making you live when you don't want to, but now I'm glad it happened that way and I'm glad I'm alive. I hope to stay alive for a long time. A couple of those times were after she suffered a miscarriage. She sought out help from as early as 1951, perhaps even earlier, when she began therapy. For as much pain as she was in, she genuinely wanted to get better and asked for help. That kind of bravery and advocacy rarely gets touched on, but speaks to her immense strength and why many still look to her as a role model. Marilyn was never diagnosed with bipolar disorder or any kind of personality disorder by her doctors during her lifetime. Since her death, doctors have decided to weigh in their opinion and diagnose her posthumously, which is unethical in the opinion of Alison. She only showed the one side of her that she was in control of showing and since her death with various biographies, documentaries and articles we've been able to see another side of her. This however does not give doctors the right to diagnose her. If it does then it means that any doctor can diagnose anyone they haven't met based on the words of others. And she ends the post by saying if you're suffering please ask for help. You are loved. Just like Marilyn asked for help. So I got hold of, I didn't know Alison, so I got hold of Kelly from Silver Technicolor, another Instagram account. She was friends with her. I said, look guys, do you want to discuss this? I know it's controversial. It's a very hard subject to discuss, but they both agreed and I really appreciate it. And so we got together on Skype and I started off um, with Kelly and Alison and I asked Alison, what made her write this post? Yeah, so I really wanted to have kind of a go-to post, um, uh, giving as much information as I could about her mental health and um, that subject, because I've seen so many comments on my page, on other pages, and just news articles and places like that overall that say, oh, she had this, or she suffered with that, and she dealt with this, and I thought I wanted to make a post that kind of that was cohesive in explaining what she suffered with, why it's wrong to misdiagnose her and to 
also let people know how real she was and how it's okay that she was suffering from depression or anxiety and to let people know that they weren't alone because I think most Marilyn Monroe fans connect and identify with this side of Marilyn Mm -hmm. um and I really wanted to open up that dialogue in an honest and true way without conspiracies and without people saying well I think she had this and this person said that and this person like no this is this is what we know this is what I'm sharing and I hope that it inspires other people to be as um open about it as she was because she was very open about her mental health and about seeking help and I think that that ability to do that being the most famous woman in the world to do that publicly I think that's admirable and and hopefully inspires others to do the same so um there's a lot really that kind of went into this post and it was um hard in 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 a way because it's such a sensitive topic but in that respect I think the more we talk about it and the more we open up this dialogue the more natural it will and should be because it's not anything to be ashamed of or to shy away from either so well it was a really well written post sorry I read it so uh, reading (laughs) it's not my my, but it was so well written and Kelly I'm going to bring you in because we discussed this didn't we talking about this subject and then you said I, I talked about Alison's um, post and you, you obviously knew Alison and, and said to contact her. So what was your feeling about this? Because I was nervous to do this subject. Um, well, I first read the post and obviously I agreed with all of um, what Alison had written because it's based in fact. And I feel that sometimes people project a lot of themselves into Marilyn which is absolutely fine, but I think um, when it comes to mental illness and diagnosing someone with a mental illness, it becomes a label. And I think mm-hmm. a lot of people, for a lot of people, it's not always that easy. And even doctors sometimes struggle a lot to put a name onto someone's problems, I suppose. And yeah, I think like Alison touched on, um, I've seen quite a lot of, um, yeah, even doctors trying to diagnose Marilyn, even though they've never had a session with her, obviously. Um, And I think that can be quite dangerous. I do think that I've been in some documentaries and obviously I'm just doing reconstructions. I don't get to see scripts. I just get to do the actions. But I have Mm -hmm. heard this um, Marilyn Monroe had... Um, borderline personality disorder thrown around where did that come from because obviously she wasn't diagnosed with this I don't know the first like original source of it I just you know I was even just to preparing just googled Marilyn Monroe and you know borderline personality and bipolar and all this and it just seems that if one for some reason and it's not only you know mental health it's you know also the supposed affair affairs and these fake quotes that one person says one thing about Marilyn and then everybody else goes off on the tangent. Um, I, you know, if there's just multiple articles, like I said, I don't particularly know of like a definitive source. I think, um, I don't really know if I want to name certain names like biographers. Um, there's, you know, some that are better, less, um, you know, credible than others. Um, but I think that it's dangerous to kind of, by someone else's mental health 
you know, especially when they've worked so hard on themselves. Um, but, but yeah, I think that's, that's, I think the bigger issue here is that one person who's done probably very little research, you know, maybe heard one interview from Marilyn and read, and, you know, maybe even read a book with little to no research on her makes this one claim and then everybody else kind of spins off of that. And then it becomes this, this whole other issue. And it, it really turns her into a Marilyn that she wasn't. I mean, I completely agree. I think like, especially mental illness, um, it's not like cancer or something that is, that you can uh, diagnose and everyone is going to agree with your diagnosis. Um, even, you know, on someone who has passed, uh, I think, you know, mental illness is, and, and, I guess the the book to diagnose mental illness keeps changing as well. Every, you know, 10 years they do a review and, you know, some diagnosis actually turn out to have a different name or, you know, mm-hmm. it's, I think it's opening such a big um, box where you don't really know what you're going to find. And I don't think you can find anything that is relevant to put a label is yeah. not relevant today, I think. I think that's really important that we remember that we're looking at something that's pre-1962 and we're looking at it in 2021, where just even Mm -hmm. the conversation about mental health is completely different now than it was then. I mean, it was quite experimental then. I wasn't around then, but from from looking... What I got the feeling is that Marilyn Monroe had issues, and I think this is why you both say that it's very relatable for people and they identify, is that when she's talking about suicidal feelings, failure of motherhood... Uh, a, a childhood of um, you know trauma losing your mother your mother going into a mental home growing up in foster care sadly there's lots of girls and boys that have been through this so we find it really relatable and we try and um, identify ourselves in that so I think what can happen then is like you say it spins off on a tangent and before we know it we've lost actually what she was really talking about. I mean, she was terrified. I read in fragments that she said she was terrified of not being able to love somebody, which I think considering you've had a trauma when you were growing up and probably had a lack of a parental love because her mother wasn't there and her father had left, your your first idea of love is going to be um, different and hard. And I think um, with Marilyn, when I read... A lot of the issues she had, I think, are quite normal when you look at her traumatic childhood. Obviously, with that, you had the fear of being abandoned, which is very common for people. But I think for her, it was almost controlling a lot of her decisions. Definitely. And yeah, like, like uh, I mean, I'm sure we're going to touch on this, but I think the, the self-medication... It's hard to tell what came first, if her struggles came first and she medicated to, you know, help and get through it, or if the medication also didn't help and that's why she appeared to be struggling to other people too. I think the people she went to um, for help, like medical people, also made the most of that relationship, but not in not to benefit her. I think obviously she became very dependent on um, her therapist. And at the time it was very trendy to go to therapy almost every single day. 
which is not something they recommend today unless you're absolutely in need of this. And I think that created yet another dependent relationship well, heard, without helping her. I heard that she had this yeah. kind of fathery relationship with Dr. Greenson, which I don't think that's... I mean, I'm not professional psychiatrist, but I don't think that's actually very professional, is it? To have this um, quite intimate... No, <laughs> exactly. no, yeah, it's, it's, you know, I think on perhaps her side, you know, she's thinking, okay, you know, my, my therapist is taking an interest in me. He's letting me stay over his house, have dinner with his family. But it's his job, you know, to say, Marilyn, I'm going to give you these tools to help you so that when you're alone, when you're home, when I'm not here, you can do these things to help yourself instead of relying on being with someone else because I think you know the event I mean there's certain things that in her childhood that will just and maybe she would never sort of you know quote get over or you know you know have it brushed away but I think it's you know I think she really wanted to find the root of what she was really suffering with and, and what it really meant to her and how to live with that and I think the people around her instead of working on that with her and trying to find that which is hard work you mm. know which could take years and years and years it was just like well come over to my house you know you'll be a part of the family you'll you'll feel like you belong somewhere but but she didn't really belong there you know and I think that was I think that's really where a lot of her struggle came from, especially towards the end of her life, was where do I belong and who do I belong with? Because all these people are telling me, oh, you belong here, you know, your yeah. family to me, your friends. But in the end, a lot of them later then admitted, I just don't know how to help you. Even the Strasburgs, you know, when, when she was um, in Payne Whitney psychiatric, I think they were at, at the point, I don't know what to do. You know, we've tried so much and maybe what we did wasn't best for her. Um, well, and I think that that can be dangerous and on both ends yeah. um, for, for, for her and for them, whether it's her doctors or friends, um, you know, it's a delicate situation. You know, like you mentioned, especially back then when the dialogue of mental health and the research and what they knew was just so, so different. I also think later on after she passed, a lot of people came out and said, oh, well, she had a double personality. There was Norma Jean and there was Marilyn. And a lot of people put a spin on this. But a lot of the people around her can say that she knew when she wanted to be Marilyn and she would just suddenly act like the character Marilyn because she felt like it. It was not like any kind of condition. I think yeah. that sort of... Mm blended into it wasn't this... a split personality it was putting exactly. on a star, it was putting on the star thing if you're walking down the street and you want to get a reaction she just turned on Marilyn it wasn't like <laughs> split personality yeah but I think some people have um perhaps not knowingly but they hinted at this you know there were two people in her and I just don't think that's really real because she was struggling with the expectation that people had of her versus who she actually was 
I think if, if I had to relate to that personally, because um, obviously I play this character called Marilyn, I'm not actually saying I'm like the real Marilyn, but what I mean is sometimes if I don't want to be in a situation, I will tend to stay in character because I don't really uh, want to talk to certain people. So it's a lot easier just to put this character on. And I read this comment that Marilyn made when she said, it's actually in fragments, she was answering some questions and she said, I, I, I like to be around people I like. And I feel comfortable around people I like. And if I don't particularly like them, I don't feel very comfortable. And I think a lot of people can relate to that. So she probably used Marilyn to like spin off and end this conversation with these people. Yeah, and I think I think that's where, you know, you want to say the, the facade or the character, you know, of, of Marilyn Monroe in a way was, was her escape. It was not... A, a dual personality you know I think she was she was very aware of everything she was doing and and what she was putting out into the world you know um she she said publicly you know if I'm generally anything I'm generally miserable and I think that that's everything else aside I mean I think that is pretty brave and and took a lot of guts you know especially to say out loud I'm not happy I'm sad I need help you know a lot of people can't do that and to say that and as I mentioned before as one of the biggest stars in the world and then to actually act on it to invest in not only her career and her her image but herself and her mental health for her for future children that she wanted to have um that meant a great deal to her you know I think that she genuinely wanted to find a happiness with herself and I think the trauma that she experienced in her childhood was something she knew she wouldn't maybe be able to, you know, understand fully. But I think, as I, I think I mentioned before, she wanted to say, okay, this is what happened to me, but this is the person I want to be. And I think people take the work that she did, you know, for herself and stomp all over it when they, they misdiagnose her. You know, I think instead of saying, you know, she was she was pretty strong. I mean, to be able to attend therapy almost every day, you know, whether we think that's too much or, or too little or whatever, I think she was able to talk about those issues every day is is not something that a weak or quote weak person, you know, for lack of a better word, could do. You know, um, I think it was her New York therapist that she said, I, I want to know, I want to know what the root of everything is. What is keeping me up at night or keeping her reaching for the pills, you know? Um, and like to Kelly's point earlier, you know, what came first, I think is something we probably won't know. Maybe it goes hand in hand, you know? Um, but I think at, at some point, you know, I think like any of us that have ever dealt with a mental health issue, I think we, say, I'm strong, I can do this. And then we say, I need a little something to help me, yeah. you know, and especially if, if you're not sleeping, and you just you want to go to sleep, and all these thoughts are keeping you up. Is it so bad to reach, you know, for something to help? And I think that's what she struggled with. And, and then it just became a dependency, because it's like, I can't think about this tonight. So I'm just gonna, you know, grab some and go to sleep. Um, and isn't that something know. of the time? I mean, when you hear other, because um, we're not just going to put this on Marin. I mean, we were talking about Judy Garland a couple of weeks ago and, you know, she was medicating, Elvis Presley was medicating. This was a thing of the mm -hmm. time, wasn't it? It wasn't right. just, you know, yeah. only Marilyn doing this. It seemed to be a studio thing as well. We forget this was the studio system. Yeah. 
But I mean, Dr. Feelgood and all the, I mean, and even alcohol, at what point was alcohol still a sociable, something you did like socially? And I think a lot of people around that time were, would be today alcoholics. Mm. And, but at the time it was, you know, it, you didn't have the whole, um, I guess, stigma where people would, you know, they would be fine with it. It would, oh, well, they have a, you know, they have a bit of a drinking problem, but it wouldn't be a problem. Mm. But yeah. that is also self-medication in a way. Mm. Yeah, I think what you're saying is like, where is that fine line of using something that is potentially helpful for whatever it is that, that you need the substance for to the point of not being able to control it or it's controlling you. You know, I think that's where her dependency on, on pills and, you know, I don't know too much about Judy Garland or Elvis, so I can't really comment on them, but, you know, I think it's, it becomes the issue of she was a pill addict rather than she sought help and really tried. And in those moments at three o'clock in the morning, when you're thinking the worst about yourself, especially, I mean, the level of her fame and how alone she felt were polar opposite, you know? And I think when she was left alone with herself at certain times, that's when, you know, again, a lack for a better word, maybe trouble started and you know she kept reaching for the pills and realizing that they were helping and you know because no one else was yeah I think that's a really good point because it's those moments isn't it it seems that when she's alone or it comes after you know she felt you know her mar- when her marriage fails or when she lost her ch- uh, a baby I think mm-hmm. it, it's a moment that would happen to any human being that's going to push you back isn't it? It's not absolutely, your- mm. especially to your point earlier when she's surrounded by all these people who say, "I'm going to help you. I'm here for you." And then in the end, she's left alone. Right? She divorces Joe. She divorces Arthur. You know, and then eventually even sees. I think at the end of her life, she saw how toxic. If we want to use a word that that we're using nowadays, mm. Dr. Greenson was towards her, and so she's like, "Wow, I went to get help, and I'm I'm still not getting it." You know, and and I think it's, is it so wrong for her to look for a substance to, quote, substitute the loss she was getting from people? Because people around her were saying, I'm here, I'll help. But Mm. it was always falling apart. And she worked hard. Again, like I keep saying, she worked very hard to not fail herself in getting better. And, um, you know, it's it's tough. I mean, it, you know, to, it's really tough. Um, I think that's the problem though, is when you're relying on other people, if they're not, um, I'm, I've got to say, they didn't seem to be acting in a professional capacity. She went to professionals who then became like friends. Yeah. Right. I I was going to say, I keep, I keep thinking that as well. Because she was a likable person and a lot of people, we always hear about how she was late on set and she could be quite rude or harsh to people, like we can all be, of course. Mm. But a lot of people did like her very much and forgave a lot of those things, the lateness, because she was a likable person. But it was for those doctors to put that professional... um, 
stop to that relationship from becoming a friendly one versus a professional one because they are responsible for your health and making you better. And sometimes yeah. if that friendship becomes, and I think that's what also happened with the Strasbourg's in a way, they, he was a mentor, he was a teacher, but then she would go at his house and again, they became very good friends. And when that friend becomes very needy and you don't know how to help them, I think that must be really hard to manage. Yeah. And you also get paid by that person. So yeah, right. you also have this obligation to help them. Um, Lee Strasberg was really close to Marilyn. I mean, there's that there's that story. I mean, we don't know if it's true. We have to say because we weren't there. But that she was, you know, in his arms like a baby, you know, mm-hmm. like cuddling. I mean, that's a strange thing for a woman in her 30s to be doing to somebody that's supposed to be a teacher. So I, I do think there was a lot of... Um, I also read that um, Milton Green and and Marilyn had the same psychotherapist, and that shouldn't be happening if you're in a a, a business mm. together. So there's a, there's a I mean God, if we were having a medical negligence case, this could probably go on forever. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's definitely that conversation too. Just the lack of of professionalism then and now, um, you know, and and I think it, and I think it's dealt with today. Um, you know, with, with, and that's why I think it's important to talk about because, you know, on on some level, it isn't only their fault, right? It isn't just Dr. Greenson's fault or just Lee Strasberg's fault. I mean, there is a bit of responsibility on Marilyn's end to say, I don't want to get attached. But on the other hand, it's, they're, they're reaching out to her and saying, I can help you. And for someone who had no help, growing up, right? No mother, no father. She didn't grow up with her sister. You know, she's, you know, and then a lot of the people that did help her, like Grace Goddard, you know, Anna Lauer passed away. So, so many people have disappeared from her life that, you know, in a way, I think she just, she was hanging on to dear life, you know, for someone to, to help her. And, you know, I think she was trying to build that support system with, you know, for herself. And I think, you know, like Kelly mentioned, there's, there's other awkward pieces to it because a therapist who invites you to their home is getting paid. But then there's that fine line boundary of what's also healthy on their end. You know, a, you know, a, a psychologist, psychiatrist should be able to say, this is, this is inappropriate. You know, I can't be doing this or thinking this. And the fact that there was none of that happening is also a bit, you know, concerning for her. Yeah. And because if she, if they're normalizing it, she's going to feel it's normalized. And I think that could be said, you know, for the Strasbourg's as well, that, you know, a teacher, again, they teach you so you can go off and do not teach you. And then I'll, I'll hold you while you, while you cry to sleep. Yeah. You know? And then she did, um, you guys, correct me if you're wrong, cause you, you, you know, so much about Marilyn is that she kind of styled her house on Dr. Greenson's house. So mm. we're even seeing like personality tasting decor as well so it's a very close relationship with something that's supposed to be you know yeah absolutely even um I think it was Norman Rostin's book he he said he went to visit her in California and she bought an art piece and was like oh let's let's go show Dr. Greenson and Norman was like what like your your psychiatrist like isn't that weird and I think 
you know, I don't remember obviously word for word. And I think she was kind of taken aback, like, is it wrong? Um, and I think they ended up going, Mm. um, to visit him. But I think there was that sort of moment, you know, of like, is that weird that I bring an art piece over? But, but like I mentioned, on the other hand, it was Dr. Greenson who opened that gate for her to be able to do that. You know, I think she was very sensitive and needed a little bit of coddling, but I think she needed someone to give her a bit of tough love and to actually teach her the tools that she needed to heal and move on and accept what had happened to her. And in those moments at three o'clock in the morning, self-soothe, you know? So this is why you you girls, um, to, 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 to round off this subject, do not like um, people coming up with diagnosis for Marilyn, because like we've just discussed, we have, there's all these sides, but we haven't really, you can't really diagnose it with one thing, can you? Like we do in 2021, say this is personality disorder, this is bipolar, this is because none of these were diagnosed at the time, were they? No, yeah, I think bipolar was much later, yeah. So how do you girls feel um, about when we, we do these shows? And I've been, I haven't written them, but I've been in the reconstruction documentary shows where people actually say, if we were looking at Marilyn Monroe now in 2021, we would say she had this. Why does that upset you? Well, it, it bothers me only, uh, I was going to say, if a doctor comes up and they explained to me that they've read all the notes that Greenson and the other doctors have taken through the years and believe this might be what Marilyn would be diagnosed with today. I can hear them out, but I have a feeling this is not exactly the process people follow before they go on a documentary. Yeah. Um, and I think that's my main concern with it. And also most of the Um, papers written today do agree that diagnosing someone posthumously on anything that is uh, mental health or psychiatry is incredibly difficult Mm -hmm. because you cannot talk to the person. So, um, and the notes you would get would be the subjective notes from that doctor at the time Mm -hmm. who was also, uh, uh, you know, got trained and went to school believing certain things that today might actually be wrong mm-hmm. yeah yeah so for me I think it's you know on Marilyn's end it just again it you know <sighs> modifies her into someone that she wasn't you know this isn't to say that if she did suffer with any of these um mental illnesses that she wasn't diagnosed with that we wouldn't love and still admire her Mm -hmm. um but I think that there's so much of and I think Kelly you talk about this a lot on your Instagram of keeping Marilyn Monroe real I mean she was a human person and I think a lot of that is stripped away by these conspiracies and these misdiagnoses and you know I think it's it's almost saying to Marilyn your work on yourself isn't good enough you know you have this that's not enough Right. And like I mentioned before, I think it's also scary for us because it's almost like we could just throw away the entire reason for therapy altogether. You know, yeah, you could yeah. just send an email to someone and they'll say, oh, this is what you have. <laughs> but that's not how we do things. You know, we need to talk to people. And, you know, I again, I haven't studied psychiatry or or any of these things, but I'm certain that there's some sort of criteria that you have to base off 
certain things that you're talking about to say, you know what, I think this is what you're suffering with and this is how I can help you. And, you know, I just think Marilyn was such an amazing person. And I think, you know, we all know that. And it's just sad to see someone that has helped you so much in your life and just kind of be torn apart like that, you know? And I think it's, again, keeping Marilyn Monroe real, you know, and appreciating her for who she was and everything that she came with. Yeah, yeah. And, but it's really important what you just said about diagnosing someone when you can't see them, you've not read their notes, and you don't need to have a degree in psychology to know that, because I don't know about if any of you listeners are listening to me right now, but whenever you get a headache or you get a pain in your eye and you go on WebMD, you've suddenly got eye cancer and you're going to die in two days, right? <laughs> so yeah. it's literally, when any time my friends come and go, I've got this pain in my ear, how long you had it? Three days, you're, you're Googling away, oh, you've got cancer of the earlobe, and they've not, they've just got, so this is why it's really important that even though we relate to Marilyn, I think there's so many of my listeners, and I know, and you girls know from from your Instagram posts and the reactions you get when you write about things like this, and probably listening now, you want to say, well, I've been diagnosed with this, and I think Marilyn had it, right. possibly, but what we can't do is WebMD Marilyn. So let's not exactly. let's not do that. So let's just appreciate her for the, like you say, the amazing human being she was, a woman that's changed so many of our lives. And there is certain things that are relatable in that, like you say, she did reach out for help, which is a very modern thing. We, we now we talk about mental health and she was doing it in 1951. Well, thank you so much, girls. I, I really, this is such a hard subject and you girls have really explained it so well. And um, I hope Marilyn can hear this wherever she is and um, know that we're, we're, all we're trying to do is preserve her legacy and also help other people. So if you have got any um, anything relatable that Marilyn's been through, there is help out there, isn't there, girls? That you can get? Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yes. And it's never never be ashamed to talk about it because one thing, like you say, you've, you've put over in this is that Marilyn Monroe was never ashamed to seek help for anything she was going through. Mm-hmm. And it's never too late either. She worked on herself till her last day, you know, and... That's right. Whether we want to argue if she knew it was her last day or not, I mean, she was going to work on herself till the end. So that's uh-huh. right. You never you keep growing. Oh, that was fantastic, right. girls! Thank you so much for joining us. Let's Thank you. Big, let's pick up your Instagram accounts first. So, Alison, please tell us your Instagram handle. Perfectly, Marilyn Monroe. <laughs> and it's fantastic. And Kelly, thank you again. Thanks, Susie. Uh, and yeah, my Instagram is at um, silver underscore Technicolor. Yeah, and it's amazing the comparisons. So people follow them. And in, thank you so much for joining us again. And like we say, there is help out there. If you've anything relatable in this, um, there is so much help out there. And also reach out to us if you have anything you want to say about what we've been talking about. We're there. But please be nice because we're only human. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you, girls. Until next time. Oh, and that's what happens when you quickly end your Skype call too quickly before <laughs> a bit of a weird ending. But um, thank you so much for for joining us for this discussion. It's such a hard discussion because mental health is so personal, like it was to Marilyn, and we all have our own struggles with it. But 
you're not alone and there as you see with Marilyn you're not alone and there is help out there I really want to thank Alison from at perfectly Marilyn Monroe Instagram account and Kelly from at silver underscore technicolor for joining me on that discussion because it is hard and we hope you got something out of it and see Marilyn Monroe for the person that she was and the struggles like you and me that everybody has it was just hers had a magnifying glass on it because she's a legend and we're still talking about her now and we'll be talking about her again on another episode so please join me and thanks again for listening bye bye